0: Welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your hosts, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Erin Brush.
1: Let's get started. Welcome to Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I am your co-host, Charity Bryan, and I'm pleased to welcome back my co-host, Sandra Sims. Buddy, how are you doing today? Hello,
0: everybody. Everything is great.
1: It's beautiful today. It's good to hear from you. And hey, listen, buddy, I got to tell you, I'm super excited about our podcast today with one of our all-time favorite people and dearest friends in the whole world, Karen J. Thomas O'Dowd. Karen, welcome to Radio Gold.
2: Well, hi, everybody. Thank you. Well, we are here.
1: honored to have you. And, Buddy, you know, this is the part of the show where we introduce the speaker. We give a little background information. And I got to tell you, when I went to um, print out my show notes today, I had to grab a three-ring binder. Correct. Because there was so much. No,
2: <laughs> oh, stop
1: it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, there was so much. I think we could probably spend our entire hour just talking about everything uh, that Karen has done. I'm going to um, keep this brief and, and just give y'all a few highlights. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> no, no, no. So,
0: We're going to let everybody yeah. know.
1: Well, and we are going to dive in, but Karen, you have served as the Associate Vice President and Chief of Staff in Academic Affairs, uh, and that was at the University of Central Oklahoma. You are the only Oklahoman to serve as AFERD President, which how cool is that? Uh, you are also Associate <laughs> Athletic Director uh, in charge of Women's Athletics at UCO. Uh, you currently are working p- part-time at Royal Printing uh, in Oklahoma during the peak election uh, ballot printing. This is a family business. You have two yep. scholarships in your name, one for O. Aford, uh, the Oklahoma Aford, and one for the UCO, University of Central Oklahoma, Department of Kinesiology and Health Sciences. So, I mean, wow. So, and and outside of the University of Central Oklahoma, you've taught part-time in graduate programs at the University of Central Florida, Emporia State University in Kansas, and Fort Hayes State University in Kansas. So, um, you know, Karen, wow. I'm just going to say with that, wow. That's...
2: <laughs> oh, I just have friends in lots of
1: <laughs> Well and we're glad that you are one of ours yes, I. and buddy i think you probably remember like yesterday uh karen's national convention which was if i recall correctly 1997 in st louis buddy were I you there so. i know i was there i got to miss student teaching so it was a big it was a big <laughs> deal karen i know you were there i i was well would you I tell was. us a little bit about what that that year and that was liked for you and to go to St. Louis as the oh, president of our national organization?
2: Well, it's definitely humbling. It, it is a humbling experience um, to know that you're kind of speaking on behalf of, you know, your colleagues and the students you've taught. Um, so it was very humbling and it was exhilarating and it was it was day to night fun, just so much yeah. fun. Um, so it was, it was a wonderful experience. And Karen, you have
1: also served as executive director of two state a uh, associations, Oklahoma a and um, and Florida Shape as well, which was uh, Fayfords when you were in Florida. Yes. What have those experiences yes. been like for you at the state level?
2: Well, it was, it's, I think, real interesting in that going from Oklahoma, where I served for 17 years as part-time executive director, Um, which is a very small state geographically um, but has a really sizable membership and then going to florida uh, i was basically unfamiliar with florida uh, geographically and relative to their state association Uh, but when i moved to florida i joined the association and then um, somewhere down the road they contacted me and indicated that the job was open and would i be interested in applying so i did and our good friend holly noonam was the president then and um, so on behalf of their board she was the one that offered me the position Um, it the interesting thing is that florida is so large geographically um, and has some of the largest school systems in the nation so it, it was a whole different vibe i think uh in florida but i loved both both places and had a great time
1: well that's awesome so what a what a life and what a career have i left anything out in your intro that we need to to revisit so our listeners our our nine (laughs) listeners will
2: know well certainly you more than covered my career but i do want to add one honor uh you know although i've had the, the distinct privilege to um have been awarded the Honor Award by two state associations and Southern District and National. I want to identify the one award of which I am most proud in my entire career, and that is that I'm one of the recipients of the Donna L. Dunaway Medal, uh, named in honor of our very, very good mutual friend. So being a part of that group, is the pinnacle in my career Well,
1: as is my esteemed, very pinnacle my esteemed co-host shares that honor with you so. and we don't want me to but uh, we don't want yeah, to I start know she
0: does. again because the last time I, oh, I that's I, true i will, I will start right. crying no. again karen and we don't oh, but boy. you are correct no no crying as <laughs> as well. there's no doubt yeah. that it's uh that that's so. a huge honor you've done so much in your career um but you know well, well. if i were to ask you you know when you were let's, let's kind of go back to where it started uh, I think New York is home. Is that correct?
2: That's so, correct. Uh huh. Born and raised in Rochester, and then eventually moved out to and Leroy.
0: That's a, that was a. I mean, you still there's a. I love seeing, and we all love seeing slides about Leroy, New York, and we all love we love hearing your story. <laughs> but I do believe that there's actually another story of how you left this loved home of your of yours in New York and went to Texas to Texas Women's Union. Um, Texas Women's University. So, is there there was a story behind that? Can you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about that?
2: Everybody's story is special and and unique. Um, mine, I, I suppose, I would start mine with saying that you know I, I grew up with my mother and four siblings. Um, my dad did not live in our home, and then um, when I was almost fourteen, my mom died of breast cancer. And the four of us who were still left at home at that time, um, my older sister was already married and had kids of her own. Um, It pretty much left us without a home or any parenting. So after being separated for a little while, uh, my first serious negotiation of my whole life was with my father. (laughs) uh, And I talked him into letting us come live with him and his other family. Uh, we, We didn't know who about them, we didn't know anything about them, didn't know they existed. But there were six kids on the other side of town. So we eventually moved in with them and moved to Leroy. Uh, So not surprisingly, my high school academics were not solid. Um, But I was blessed with a wonderful, wonderful physical education teacher. Uh, Miss Dorothy Dugan was her name. She was a gruff, very gruff Catholic woman. And she decided that I could rise above all that stuff. So um, once the um, summer after my junior year of high school, she talked my dad into letting me go work at a a YWCA camp on Canandaigua Lake. So uh, eventually I got to do that and I became the office girl. And then uh, during my senior year of high school, uh, more for a good laugh than anything, three of us applied to the Texas Woman's University to go to college. Uh, None of us expecting to ever go. Never. Um, The guidance counselor had told me and probably the other two that we weren't college material. So, oh yeah, well, (coughs) that story, gosh, how many, there are millions and millions of kids that get that same message, but... Thanks to my Miss Dugan and my Latin teacher, Mr. Borelli, who made the decision to sign my application to TW. That was back in the old days when teacher or graduate, I mean, the guidance counselor and the principal had to sign your application. Well, I know now what they did was illegal, but they signed it. And because I had strong national test scores, uh, I got admitted to TW. Uh, but of course, being one of 11 kids in a the family, there was certainly no money for college, so that was pretty much a pipe dream. So after my senior year, uh, summer of working at camp, I came home, and I thought to myself, what am I going to do now? And at 11 o'clock at night, the phone rang, and it was my high school friend, Linda Dempsey, one of the three who had applied to TWU. We hadn't talked all summer long. and. Uh, she said, you're not gonna believe this, but my parents are making me go to oh, Texas. Wow. And, and my dad said, if you want a free ride, he'll. you can ride with oh, us wow. to go down. And I was sitting in the living with my dad um, and he, he looked at me strangely and I said, I'm going. And he said, you don't have any money. I said, well, I have $48 <laughs> from my 50. <50." laughs> My $50 camp (laughs) salary that I made, I I still had 48 left. And so he said, well, you know, I can't help you. And I said, I I know that. So I packed up everything in one suitcase. And at 530 the next morning, he drove me over there to their house. And uh, when I got there, the other, the third girl, Sally, she was there too. And so we, we all went to TWU. Um and miraculously all three of us graduated 4 years wow. later and all three of us stayed in the south. So that that's my how did well, I that's get to amazing. CW and story. I think the
0: biggest thing is I would love yeah. to for that uh counselor who said you weren't material to look at you now, you know, and and realize that you know <laughs> that you know but I know you said a lot of people get that message but sometimes I just I think it's great that you don't listen, but you listen to those other people like that physical education teacher who said you can do this.
2: Yep. Well, I think I think a lot of people have had to do that. Um, it's just not listen and just go with your gut. And so but again, I, I think I'm in good company because I know a lot of people. But that's amazing that, that you story. left New York and, so. you, and you
0: went on your own. So I know there's a lot more to that story. Um, and a lot of adventures that you had at Texas, and at Texas Women's University. I know that that was a very important part of your life. Whoa, 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 whoa!
2: Wait, wait! We're going to correct something right now. It's Texas Women's okay. University. I'm sorry. The singular. Thank How you. How about that? I am so sorry. <laughs> that is my fault.
0: Uh, we need to we uh, make, make that not a thrilling. big deal. I am. It is correct, but that is a very important piece in your career. And and it was a great
2: it was a great step yeah, for you. Yeah, it was huge. And yeah, it was. Karen, it was I got
1: to know. Did you stay in touch with uh, Miss Miss Dugan?
2: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yes, um, she eventually married for the first time when she was fifty-eight wow. years old. Um, she married a guy that that I knew, and um, they eventually moved to Florida. So when I was living in Florida, I went to her house many times to visit. That's awesome. And I was the person she always called when she had a problem and um, she died about nine years ago, I think, and I was asked to do the eulogy at her funeral. Wow, what what an honor. Really special. Yes, it really was special. Well, well,
1: Karen, Uh I know you're very close with your family and, you know, every time we've ever been at a conference, which is a lot of times, um, there's always someone being born, a new um, great niece, a new <laughs> a new great nephew. I don't I don't think we've ever been anywhere that somebody <laughs> wasn't about to, to go into labor. So, what what was it like for you to grow up in such a large family, and how do you how do you think that shaped you, especially in kind of the person that you've become that you are now?
2: Oh boy, uh, you know I think growing up with five kids in a household with a mother and then suddenly being uh of the 11 of us only 10 lived with my father and stepmother um so that that was difficult you know just to suddenly be living with all these people you didn't know and uh, so that was the challenge and but i think that if i could describe the scene it was just chaos it was absolute chaos uh for a while, we lived with 12 of us in a tiny two-bedroom apartment over an Italian deli in Leroy. Um, so I think I learned to handle chaos. Uh, and then I realized um, that I probably needed some order in my own life. So I think that in, sort of inspired me to kind of get organized. But I, I think living with so many people, especially when you know we really didn't know my dad that well, and um, my stepmother, and then all those other kids, some of whom were fathered by my father. Uh, it, it just became chaos. Uh, it was, um, but it was a lot of fun. But I think too. It, it helped you manage a lot of everything.
0: Fun. I mean, in your, and if you think about chaos is nothing to you now, but I, I, I want to go back to the work. You've been an advocate forever. And when you basically said you had to negotiate with your father, you know, to get it, to get everybody back mm-hmm. over there, that, that's a, that was a big step to even go and say, "Hey, we need we need to to come and live with you." And I think that you're an advocate. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's that's how I I saw you on the front end of this was how much you did and how much you were that advocate for our profession. And you continue doing it. You, right now, you're retired, but you know you're really not retired. And we're we're kind of getting this pattern with a lot of <laughs> our friends. That, and I'm 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 yeah. thinking about retirement at some point, but it seems like. There are a lot of people are working really hard in retirement. So I just thought, uh, and you said <laughs> that you still have those kind of well, roles. You're still very much an advocate for quality physical education. You still work so strong in um, in your state. But you're also were a big part of our summit, uh, the Health and Physical Literacy Summit. And you did a lot behind the scenes there. Um, right. And now you're working uh, royal printing kind of part time in Edmund. I mean, I, I just need to know. I, yeah, I know, just but I now just and need then. to know what. I mean, are you? You have a vitamin or something? There's got to be something. <laughs> there's got to be something no. you, because yeah. you are like the Energizer Bunny. You've been that way forever. Yes, you. Oh, you no. Are, no, no, no. And I see you, Karen. And you've always been up. You're the joy that I see. You live it. You breathe it. And I hear it in well, your voice all the time. So I need to know what you got going and how this get. What this? I mean, if it, what's what wakes you up in the morning and just keeps your motivation
2: alive? Uh, well, what makes, wakes me up in the morning when I cats, we, we have three cats, Bella, Sugar, and Sophie, and life, life starts on their schedule. So, but, but other than that, I, I'm talking to the choir here. I mean, you all, all three of you organizing this podcast know this. If you love what you do, it's never work. Uh, It's busy, it's hectic, it can be overwhelming sometimes, but you always love what you're doing. And so that makes it real easy. And just absolutely makes it even when I'm working at Kelly's company, Royal Printing, printing state election ballots, I love it because I know it's important. And it's about democracy, and it's about um, being sure that they're perfect. So I, I, if you love what you're doing. But I think that that's easy. what's so
0: important about you. And I, I don't know that a lot of people well, no one, very few people know how, how much of a cheerleader you are for others. You know, I was about ready to become Southern district president and I would receive these amazing, like a countdown of, you know, it's 12 days, it's 11 days. <laughs> it, it wasn't, I mean, that's what I, I guess I'm trying to say the spirit that you have of of being alive. Uh, you made my year as president of Southern District so special because you built it up. I mean, it was it was just amazing. So I, I, to, to this day, what who you are has made such a profound impact on me, just the person that I saw on the stage. But then the person that I've gotten to know personally and how you really you want everybody to have this what you just said. It's not a it's this love. Uh but you're a servant and you do so much and in your retirement days, you it's not work to you. But you also lift so many other people up. So I just really wanted to I want to listeners to you know you it's a thank well, you you're,
2: yeah, it was well, easy to do. <laughs> but you know, you all know this when that old phrase, you know, um, those to whom much has been given, much is expected, and um, I was lifted by people who did not need to lift me, but they did, and consequently, it's just nature, it's just human nature to want to pass it on, you know, and do do what you can do.
1: And and Karen, I I totally agree with Sandra, you know, you are such a lifter up of people, and uh, you're so delightful to be around and fun, and uh, I think you must have a vitamin, because you also have great hair. I just <laughs> want to go on the record. To, to well, that you, you, you,
2: have <laughs> you have not seen me during well, COVID, no. I have not <laughs> seen you
1: since uh, March, that is correct, but I do know that you have great hair, but I, I want to kind of go back a couple of years, and um, you, you were celebrating okay. a, a birthday, a special birthday, and uh, you were kind. You and Kelly were kind enough to invite a group of friends to uh, that old stomping ground of Canada Lake in New York, and um, uh-huh. what a fun time we had. Uh, you know, some of those stories are appropriate for Radio Gold, and some may not be, but it was, it was <laughs> such a great trip to be able to see this place that, that had such a profound impact, I think, on you, on your life, on your future. Um, I'm really curious at this point, you, you got paid $50, I'm, but you saved 48 so I am curious what you spent the $2 on. Uh,
2: I, I don't, you know, other people have asked me that, and I, I honestly don't know, probably a beer. Well, I good don't for know. for you, good for you,
1: but I don't tell know. Tell us about that experience at, at the camp at canada lake and how how it
2: impacted you oh my goodness um well once again my my roots go back to miss dugan um she was the business manager at the camp and she as i mentioned earlier asked my dad uh, if i could come and work for her as her office girl and um, as i mentioned she was a very stern Irish Catholic, and my father at first said, "No, she needs to stay here and babysit." And Miss Duncan said, "No, that that's not going to work because she has some ability, and I need to get her to camp." Well, she didn't take no for an answer, so there I was off to camp. Um, and she, I learned so much there, but I think. First and foremost, I learned that I was not a lot different than the other girls who worked. It was a girls' camp, YWCA girls' camp. Um, We had about 50 staff members uh, who were counselors and waterfront and those sorts of things. I discovered I wasn't very different from them, even though I didn't think I was appropriate to go to college. Um, And it didn't hurt that she was my boss because she was tough and demanding. And the fact that I was one of her students from high school, that that gave me no grace whatsoever. Um, So, but I think I gained from that experience exactly what she intended for me to gain. And that is to flap my wings a little bit, find out that I had abilities I didn't know I had, and to get comfortable leaving home. Um, We talked about it some years later and she said, "Well." You followed my recipe just <laughs> as I had written it. So, uh, and I learned, I, I think probably like all of us that have those kinds of experience, you'll learn responsibility. You know, there's nobody to blame but you. And uh, and I made some lifelong friends uh, along the way. And, and as you discovered, Charity, it's um, Canandaigua Lake is one of New York's 11 Finger Lakes and it's just beautiful. So uh, when you all came for that birthday, a couple of years ago i think what was the most joyful thing for me was for these friends of mine from the south to see that new york is not all new york city it's just beautiful so it 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 was a it was a great place for me to um i felt like it was my petri dish you know I kind of uh, evolved in there, and then Dixie shooed me out the door.
1: And we were so lucky on that trip, you know, to be able to go to the camp uh, and walk around Mm -hmm. and and just, uh, you know, hear stories. And the the other great part of that trip was uh, actually going to uh, Leroy and to see— uh, the, little, mm-hmm. the town and, and to go to the, um, of course, I'm sure all eight of our listeners know, there might be one that doesn't know. We, we think we're up to nine listeners, but, <laughs> um, you know, that Leroy is the home of Jell-O. And yes,
2: yeah. so birthplace, birthplace of, Jell-O.
1: of Jell-O, you have educated us all very well about that uh, factoid over the years. And if it's ever on Jeopardy, and I think maybe it has been, I don't know, but we will get it right. So what would you say your fondest memories are of growing up in in Leroy and Rochester?
2: Uh Well, Rochester, um, we were free range kids. You know, my my two brothers and I, my little sister, she was too young to leave the backyard, but the rest of us were free range. And um, I suppose some of that was my mother's illness. You know, she just couldn't be one of those hovering mothers. Uh, we didn't know she was sick, but she was. Um, and so my brothers and I were real close, and we, we really just enjoyed the city. If we, we, we were all over that place, walking and downtown and the worst places, but it didn't faze us. And then we got to when we moved in with my dad, we all moved out to Leroy, which is uh, just a lovely, pretty little town. It's, I always call it it's like a postcard town. And um, again, that's where I met my my mentor, miss Dugan and um I think the first year was pretty hard um, but once you settle in and you know like I said, we were all grieving, and yet we it was a healing place for us and so it became a fun fun place and I must add that miss Dugan's physical education program when I had her nineteen sixty one to nineteen sixty five I think meets national wow, standards that's today. that's so cool! It was that's wonderful. So cool. It was, and we had physical education every day, K through 12, or most days, K through 12. So um, I had strong roots and a and a tough teacher. So it, it was a great place know, to grow up. Your experiences, really great place.
0: All the experiences you've had have made you who you are. And we'll, let's let's go back to that Texas Women's University. That TWU was very important for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about it earlier and just we we didn't get a chance to really kind of go there. I want to. Why? Why do you feel like it made this major impact on you as a person and a professional? Besides just going away from home for the first time, but you've you it was it it was a becoming time for you. So can you kind of give us our listeners an opportunity to understand
2: that? Well, I expect that what I experienced is very similar uh, to what everyone else in our profession and other professions experience. You know, it was new. Uh, I had never been farther West than Erie, Pennsylvania. So, um, Benton, Texas was, uh, quite long a long way, quite a hall. Um, and being an all woman's university, a lot of people said, why would you do that? Um, cause we were three kind of party girls in high school and, um, so I think part of it was, as I said, it was a joke to apply. Everybody thought, oh, those three going to a woman's university. But once I got there, I realized it was just the structure Science. I needed. Um, it, was, it was very strict. It was academically demanding, for one thing. Our, our physical education department was, um, had some nationally acclaimed faculty members. But you know, you had to wear dresses to every class, 11 o'clock curfew every night. We had classes on Saturdays until you were a senior. Um, and so the structure um, was wonderful. And then another thing, that, this is just a sidebar, but studies have said, now these studies I'm quoting are probably uh, 10 years old, that. On college campuses where the president of a club can be a man or a woman, which, you know, excludes fraternities and sororities because they will always be gender specific, um, 73% of the time, the club president is a male. Well, at the Texas Woman's University, every single club president was a woman, and so we Every voice you heard in class, other than the instructors, most of our instructors were men, um, were women. And so you really began to understand that wow. women could lead. Women can, women can follow, but women can lead. And so I think for me, that was like an awakening. And uh, you know, uh, I, I went there with no financial aid whatsoever. I had nothing. I had $48 which probably was half gone by the time I got there. Um, but, you know, I, again, I credit this back to my mom. She was a person who just believed you could figure it out. You know, she had a determination about her and it was like, just figure it out. And so um, her, the one phrase I remember from my mother and I've taken it with me everywhere is that in time, all yeah. things are possible. Yeah. And I, I just think that's uh for all of us, you know, getting through this virus stuff and you know, we're so, all gonna you be You know, fine. Karen,
0: we've we've heard so. a lot of people in these interviews talk talk all about moms and how moms even it, even uh-huh. though your mom was with you a short window, she she had a huge and profound impact on you and just the words and the, the words that you live mm-hmm. by. Um that's that I mean it's just amazing to hear repeatedly that how the mothers of these, of all these people that we've already talked to, are so so important. You you were talking about structure. I want to follow up on something real quick. You said there was a lot of structure, at, and y'all had Saturday classes. So, wow, you were a long way from home. Did you get to go home? You know, I know you took four years, so you were no, you were in Texas. Like, did you ever get to go back home during that window?
2: I I, w- I went home Christmas each year, but those were the days when you could fly round trip. $50 standby if you're a college student. And so you would just, sometimes you'd leave on one day and not get there till late the next day because you get bumped <coughs> off. Remember this was during wow. the Vietnam war. And so sol- soldiers got priority. So, and nobody right. minded that at all, but you'd get on a flight and you'd think, okay, this one's, I'm going to get to stay on this one. And then boom, they bump you off. So, um, uh, you know, it was it was fun. I lived in a co-op dorm at the Texas Women's <coughs> University, which was it was great Four people to a room. And, um, you know, after living in a house with 12 people that's, in one bathroom, that was, <laughs> that was that so, was no problem. Um, you, that, you had a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. And we all had. Yeah. And we all had to have duty. Everybody had duties uh, because it was a self-sustaining dorm. Everybody did all the work. No, there were no custodians no breakfast, no uh, food prep people, we were it. So I I was there four semesters in that dorm. And uh, my first one, my first year, I was on the breakfast crew, 5.30 to 7.30 every morning. So I know I'm, a, I'm naturally a morning person. And then uh, one semester I had to clean 40 garbage cans every morning from 5.30 to 7.30. And then one semester, my schedule was so horrible, my house mother couldn't find anything for me to do. So on Saturdays, I had to I had to clean the the squashed June bugs off the sidewalk. Oh wow! So I did that I did that six I did that six or seven hours oh every gosh, Saturday gosh. when I wasn't okay, in class. you did yeah. learn uh, a lot about you
0: know, and making it. Good grief! Wow.
2: Well, but you know, I think. Uh, Sandra, you said something that I think is really important. And you said, well, so many people have mentioned their moms and what they've done for them. I think it's real important for all of us to realize that as teachers, we have that opportunity, especially with those students who come to us with fragile circumstances. We we can be that motivation. We can be that stern person who says, I know there's a better you in there. You know, my Miss Dugan, i I got that message all the time and um but we can that's what why physical education teachers are so important in the school system that's what we do for children and young people and college students charity look at look at your mentor in college she did pretty well with you. I, I hope she thinks she did all right. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doctor. I think Doctor. Dunaway <laughs> thinks she 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 aced it. Yeah.
1: Well, Karen, I want to ask you. You know, you you really went out uh, on a great leap of faith in a lot of ways to go to uh, Texas Woman's University. So, tell us about your first few years of teaching. How did you get that your first job right out of college? And and what was that like? I mean, what what did you do in that first job and, you know, that you thought, man, I had a great education at TWU, but I was not prepared for fill in the blank.
2: Well, uh, I, I don't want this to sound arrogant, but it probably will. Um, our training at the Texas Women's University was so good. Um, you know, It was so good and I felt so prepared. Um, So right out of college, I was hired uh, in the Oklahoma City, Putnam City School System to teach seventh grade physical education. And I also, after I was hired, discovered that I had to sponsor the cheerleaders and the pep club. (laughs) Well, first of all, cheerleaders, I I didn't know anything about cheerleading, but I didn't even know what a pep (laughs) club was. And so they said, okay, we're going to have a meeting, and all, all the girls that are going to be in pep club are going to meet in the gym. And I thought, okay, good. Okay, I'll go introduce myself. 300 girls oh, no. up in the bleachers oh, no. staring at me. And I thought to myself, what, do you, what is a pep club? But, you know, sometimes teachers teach, and sometimes students teach teachers. And I had some students that, that taught me what a pep club needed to do, and how to do it, and how to manage cheerleaders. So uh, I got lucky. And then I I think the other thing, I was on a staff with four physical education teachers, two men, two women. One man was your prototype of the worst teacher in America. And the other man was an awesome, awesome teacher. And then the woman I taught with, she and I taught most closely, was a 20 year veteran and I will always be grateful for uh she was so open and so engaging and it was always like well how do you think we should do this or I know you've just come out of college your ideas are so much newer than mine share them with me it, it you couldn't have asked for a better situation uh she was wonderful and so I really I really lucked out I had a five wonderful years there um and, I don't you like know, and and I know that sure. you,
0: we go back to that TWU and I, I'm I i do not know if it was that scraping off or of whatever it was on that Saturday that you spent all those hours, but I do think you're prepared for anything. I mean, even that pep club. I'm not so sure three hundred that's a lot of that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a lot, lot of pep, buddy.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's lot a lot of,
2: of pep. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I remember in my interview with the principal, um, he said to me, Now the classes you're gonna have thirty maybe 40 kids in a class could sometimes be 50 and i looked at him and i said i grew up in a house with 14 people because eventually we we took on a a daughter of the friend of my family who had a little baby and all so anyway i said i grew up in a house with 14 people and one bathroom i think i can <laughs> handle a class of 40. so yeah i i think uh you know, okay, you just here's what, what I've learned about do. you
0: already. I found out your roots for your cheerleading, and you're always your positive. It was the pep club and the cheerleading <laughs> duty that you had. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Karen,
2: hey oh. you've done literally
0: everything in our field. I mean, you have been in athletics. You've done academics. You've been leaders at the highest level of a university. You have been the highest level of our professional organization. I mean, you've done everything, and I mean...
2: I just okay, run with a good rally.
0: crowd. It's, it's exhausting reading, and I know you don't want to hear, but this is a lot that you've done. Given the, uh, but, but, oh, no, no, still, no. what is, I know it's going to be hard for you to just go, what is the most rewarding of all? Uh, but I, I I would like to try to narrow it down. So I'll get you, do not have to be one, but what is, what is this thing that's the most rewarding for you over your, your entire career as you? Get a chance to not that you're finished, but as you look at it now, what do you see?
2: Um,
0: okay, I'm boy, sorry. that's a hard one.
2: I, I think <laughs> no. I, I think knowing that every now and then you had an impact, either on people, a person, uh, an organization, um, a problem. You know, I think we all want to have an impact. So I think maybe that for me is is the first, and then. Boy, right alongside that, the friendships—the friendships that this organization has um, gifted me with—you uh, can't, you can't measure. So I, I think just like all of you, it's the friendships that uh, make it fun. Like I said, I, I, I ran around with a good crowd. But I going to I say guess, that if we had to in Southern District, then. And-
0: if when you're when you're looking at this when you say in, making an impact, if we decided to make a line to to get in line to, to shake your hand for the impact, I'm just gonna be honest oh. with you. I, it, it will go for days. Yeah. So I just forms to the left. Uh, it does. It's gonna be well,
2: interesting. Well you I tell you, my ego <laughs> my ego needs to talk to you guys every day. This is, well, hey, we're all like this. Everybody in our field. Has okay, and I appreciate you trying to be humble, but same. I'm going to be
1: honest with you. You you hung the moon in my book, so I just want you to know yeah. you're... And, well. Karen, you know, I, I know you've probably listened and awaited um, for all of our episodes to drop. The, <laughs> I'm sure you're standing by your phone every day waiting for the next one. Um, yeah. you know, your name has come up certainly more than once in our, in our previous episodes. And I'll speak for myself. You know, you've had just such a tremendous impact on me. I've known you since I was um, 19 years old. 19. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, And I'm so mm-hmm. forever grateful for that. Um, so, all right, look, we've heard everything, not everything, we've heard, um, some about your uh, amazing career. It would take the rest of the episode to to dive into all of that. Plus plus a couple
0: more episodes.
1: Right, exactly. But, you know, Karen, we want our listeners, all nine of them, to really get to know you, the person. Um, so what would you say is your favorite thing to do when you're not working? What would, what would be a perfect day for you?
2: Oh, boy. Well, given, and I think all of us are in this category, um, we're healthy, we have steady income, we have jobs that we can go to, we have a roof over our head. So every day is a perfect day, especially when you watch the news right now and you see so many people suffering. So every day is a perfect day. But I think, um, well, you know, I love, going home to New York. So, I think maybe my perfect day, um, Kelly and I would be at my brother Kevin and sister-in-law Susan's barn in Leroy, and it'd be gathered with lots of family and friends and a big cookout, Kevin's unique music (laughs) in the barn, uh, talking and dancing and laughing and having a few beverages. That's a perfect day. That, that is well I'd say we came perfect.
1: pretty close at that birthday celebration that was uh, that that was a, <laughs> a very perfect day for sure there's often
0: times when you say i'll I'll put have a great day have a great because that's just kind of a, a a statement have a great day and I remember you quickly at one point I don't know when it was but you said no make it a great day right and so almost like, you just yeah. said every day is perfect and I, I think that that is kind of goes along with that you know, you make it. And I think that that's, that's pretty amazing. So let's even go back. Mm -hmm. Look, let's go back to middle school, high school, maybe. I I know you've, you've gotten that. Mm -hmm. We've talked a little bit about your growing up life, but uh, you know, what was, what did Karen really like to do? I I know that you said you were, you know, that child that enjoyed running around, but that middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. Karen, what is it that we need to know about that person?
2: Well, high high school, like I said, was, um, I went to Leroy, got there in October, so I was late arriving. But, you know, eight kids enroll on the same day, they (laughs) know this stuff. And and so, um, but it's a small school on a beautiful uh, property looking over the creek. And um, so I think I was obviously very, I was sort of athletic and I loved to move. So physical education was everything. I I did athletics, but in those days in New York, it was very unstructured for girls. Um, I sang in the choir and I was involved in school musicals. Um, As I look back on high school, I just cannot help but remember Latin um between 8th grade and 12th grade I took 6 oh Latin gosh. courses and only got well honey oh. I only got 3 credits. Oh, oh man. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. It took a while. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because I I it it was a struggle. Um but my Latin teacher Mr. Brelly, was wonderful. He was a, he was a wonderful wonderful man and teacher and um so i took it i took latin because i thought if the day comes i ever go to college um I, latin would help me and so um mr Borelli just stuck it out with me i mean he'd fail me well no i'd fail me and then we'd try it again the next year and you know he he just went out of his way for me and, and a little side note um uh, one time i was in new york and i came out of mass that sunday morning and he he wanted to talk to me and he said well i don't want a funeral when the time comes but my wife says i have to and so he she wants me to know who would do the eulogies and this latin teacher who went on to be he was the mayor of the town he was the principal of the catholic high school later um he asked me to do the eulogy at his funeral, and so uh, that was that was quite a quite an honor. And well, if you stop and think about the number of science courses we take in our profession, um, the the Latin is right. oh my gosh, it's everything, everything in legal issues, everything in anatomy, kinesiology, chemistry. It, it's Latin, Latin, Latin. So, well,
1: Karen, I know you uh, had said earlier that Miss um, Dugan had a whether she knew it or not at the time, a standards-based curriculum that was uh, really just probably Uh ahead of her time, I'm going to guess. So what do you believe a quality daily physical education program, why do you think it's still supremely important to have quality daily physical education in our school systems?
2: I think through activity, we learn about ourselves. We learn about how we interact with others and the world around us. I think physical education just gives us so much more than movement skills, wellness, fitness. I think it helps us learn how to cooperate, how to um, be assertive. I think it teaches us how to communicate. I I just think that it gives us so much more than is evident at first blush. That, uh, and, and... I don't know i think i'm an idealist and i think the majority of physical educators who really emphasize the program and and work hard for it to be a quality program they give something extra to the students as well I, i just think that it's um it's fundamental just fundamental and you know if i had if i had to think about quality daily physical education I think my only concern right now, well, not my only concern, that's not true. One of my concerns is I i fear that we're becoming too commercialized in our curriculum. Um, teachers can now just sign up for this commercial program or that commercial program in curriculum. And I worry that we're not looking at the faces and the the children that we're teaching. And so... I don't know. I don't think one size fits all. And and I know some of them have got um, leveling and all of those things. But I, I am a little concerned about how commercialized curriculum has become. That's a good point. So, Karen, what do you think if
0: you had – if the Karen today would tell the Karen when she first started the career? What do you wish that she – what, what do you wish she oh, had known? Hmm,
2: boy. I – I think I wish I had known that I had potential, because oh, wow. I didn't. Um, Even with I, Ms.
0: Dugan telling you I didn't know. all that? You...
2: Um, well, I had four years of practice under her watchful eye, um, but I still wasn't sure. Well, let me take it back. You know, when you're a poor student, economically poor, you don't have the right clothes. You don't have the right shoes. You don't have the money to do extra things. Um, and so I, I think that um, can become a block sometimes wow. to your potential. And um, I, I eventually I was able to overcome it, you know. Um, and I had wonderful friends in high school and a, a great support system. My brother, Chester, bought my prom dress so I could go to the prom on um, his his uh, pool playing money from down in the sleazy hotel he played in, so you know i had I had wonderful support but um so I wish I'd known that I had potential and then I wish I had known then that I would meet the most dear and trusted friends i'd ever yeah. known mm. through this profession. yeah so that, that you can't understate yeah. that thank yeah. you
1: that's a great that's a great point I tell you at the at the end of the road and the, the end of the road comes for everybody. But man, I tell you what, I think we will look back and go, wow, that was, those relationships were just uh, more than we, anybody, oh. any of us could have ever asked for. Um, so Karen, Indeed. what was some good advice you were given early on in your career and, and who gave you that advice?
2: As I've mentioned, my mom, uh, you know, her, my mom's advice um, wasn't so much in words mm been interact her, act, her yeah. actions. We, we hear that um, a lot yeah. about moms. Don't
1: we? Buddy?
2: Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, um, you know, we we were we lived in poverty, but she showed us examples of problem solving and you know resilience and adapting and ethics. Uh, uh, and we were loved. My goodness, we were loved. So those those are lessons that I think we all take with you and. You know, maybe, maybe part of it for me is, you know, when you lose a mother, you you grasp anything to take with you into right. the future, and so you kind of remember some of those things of just how she lived and how she um, she loved. And those are things a so, lot of people
0: that are rich that, don't know. That, that, and I think that that's right. the key is that it's
1: not about money. Right. That love is, mm-hmm. and that support was powerful. Right. And, hey, buddy, I think this uh, episode's right. bumper sticker is going to have to be: We love moms. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> not, yeah, no, sorry, I didn't mean no, to dwell no, so no, much man. on that. It's, out, it's, so it's a
1: consistent it theme in, the, in Radio Gold that, that uh, I am with you. have all been powerful and Baby Joyce
0: is right there. I'm yeah. telling you mm-hmm. she's a
1: yeah. huge huge monster. I know. we Francis Dunaway. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're but, powerful that line forms to mm-hmm. the left.
2: Um okay. Yeah. Oh I've met (laughs) Yes you have. Yes you have. (laughs) All uh, right. If
0: I was gonna ask you, there there I know that you've had a lot of people that influenced your career and that have been influential because you've named a lot of these the people that have have impacted you, but mm -hmm. as you just look right now, who if you had to name three, you don't have to say three. You can name as many as you'd like. But I just need to know who's at the top of the list who's been most influential on your whole career.
2: Uh Ms. Right. You know, see she was, um, she was, like I said at the beginning, she was gruff. She was very, um, you know, the rules in her gymnasium were, mm, they were tough. You didn't, you didn't break her rules. But it, it, I think the, the thing that, and I, I'm, I'm really trying to encapsulate what I see in so many physical educators. I'd probably been in the school my first three weeks, and she called me into her office. And she said, um, I've read your file and i see that you just lost your mother a couple months ago and i said yes and she said your mother's name was dorothy and i said yes and she says well my oh, name wow. is dorothy so your Doris, your mom dorothy has handed it off to me and she said i will i will keep track of you and she said and you know you can count wow. on me and 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 she was not a lovable person. I mean, she people, oh, the other girls in school said, they used to say, she is harder on you than anyone in the school. And I always used to say to them, wow. she knows I can yeah. handle it. You know, she knows I can handle it. But she knew I needed to be pushed and and she needed to oversee, yeah. you know. In a small school, they hear everything. So she'd hear something, and the next thing you know, I'd be in her office. <laughs> so, so she definitely had the, the greatest impact on me as a person. I wish I had met and, her. Uh, Gosh,
0: I would have loved. Her. Yeah. You've, you've, you've talked about her a lot oh. in our conversations in the past, but mm-hmm. she is, um, I, I don't know, that's, that's, that's so powerful that she took the time and that you listened. You know I think it's a two way street it's you gotta to, mm-hmm. to be influenced you have to want to be influenced
2: yeah. yeah she lived right across the street from the Catholic church in town and um and she was Catholic as am i and uh on a Sunday, if looking out the window she hadn't seen me Ooh. arrive she'd pick she'd pick up the phone and call the house and she'd say she'd say uh, she always called me by my last name, doubt I haven't oh, seen you." Oh. And I said I'd say something like Well well Dix, there's there's um eighteen inches of snow and nobody out here can drive me. And we live three miles from the church and she said, Well then you oh, better God. get your boots oh, on wow. and oh, get walking. Geez. Now now the interesting thing is she had a car but she never one single time ever oh, came to pick awesome. me up but there i would i uh, of course in those days you could hitchhike and nobody thought a thing about it so there i go and i remember at times i would i'd walk in the door of that church and i knew her window was right to the left of me across the street <laughs> i just waved without even looking I'm, I'm like i'm here
1: oh man! to have some church, other people um, look please. at it yes but to have somebody watching that's, that's pretty awesome yeah wow well karen yeah. i want to shift gears yeah. a little bit to our um, shared experience in february 2020 uh, at the Health and Physical Literacy Summit, and you were uh, on the ground uh-huh. floor um, as part of a, a small and, and integral group that that got the summit off the ground. What was it like for you to be part of developing a new professional development conference from the ground up?
2: Well, I, I would start by saying when Sherry Bryan asks <laughs> you to be a part of something, you just say yes. Right, right Bunny? So, oh, yes. Like so many others, Um uh, we said yes, and and for you, Charity, and and even you, Sandra, um, there were so many days in your past as a young professional that Donna Dunaway said, "I need your help with," and you said yes. Well, now you're the ones asking, and we're all saying yes. So uh, I thought it was it was so fun to be a part of something that was going to be new, and it was exhilarating and it was refreshing. Uh, I've always liked to do a lot of the behind the work, you know, kind of planning and organizing uh, side of things. So it, it afforded all of us that wonderful opportunity to work together. And I think we are all, we were all at a place uh, emotionally where we needed something positive and inspiring to work yeah. on. We, you know, there we we all have some shared beliefs about things and so it was fun to be on a project that was positive it
0: was was a great group and And you um, you being a part of that that i don't know that mindset of that that initial group was pretty amazing that what role do you think the summit plays in professional development of all the different areas that we've health educators physical educators and other professionals in our field
2: well you know we're all the queen's professional (laughs) development and uh, look how many meetings we we all go to a year but um I, i think the the wonderful thing about the summit is it was new it was different it wasn't the same recipe it was different it wasn't about governance and it wasn't about bylaws it was about development professional development and i just thought it was um exhilarating I, I just it was so good to see people coming together and you saw all those smiles and hugs and laughter um it's what we had been missing for a while and so um i just i just and you know there were people from outside southern district lots of people so i i thought it was just so special and um Karen, Different. do you
1: have a favorite memory from the summit in February?
2: Uh, yes. Can you um, share it with us? Or do we need, not, to, <laughs> do we
1: need to talk about well, it off the air? <laughs>
2: no, I, I think, well, I have two really maybe that I, I would mention. First of all, I think it is a tribute to the planners of the summit, not myself, but the ones who did the real core program planning, um, that that summit was able to attract someone as nationally acclaimed as Dr. John Brady. I I just think that that was evidence that this was a good thing. This was a great, you know, you get a tier one speaker. That's pretty amazing. And then I think my second favorite memory was each day at the end of the activities, we would all kind of gravitate toward the pub. (laughs) And sit and share and talk and laugh and people would order food and we'd be eating off of each other's plates and handing bites of something down the table. Yeah. That was fun. It, it reminded me of the face. old days.
0: There's nothing. There's there's no money. You can't. I mean, there's it's no. it's it no. is gold no. now. OK, so we've we've no, had um, we've had amazing times in these conferences, besides just the summit. So of all the conferences you've been to, I know that there are amazing stories that you have. Kind of give, give us, give us our, and our listeners a, you know, maybe a, a, a best of, of a, maybe a, a, some story that was your favorite all-time memory that you've ever had.
2: Oh, gosh. Um, well, you know, I listened to the podcast you did with Dr. Dunaway, and she mentioned the 2012 yeah, yes. Boston Convention. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's got to uh, be on a lot of people's it is, it top is, list. Is. Yeah, and if, if if you're listening, you, you have three or four people who are listening. <laughs> right, so right. If you're unfamiliar with it, the um, uh, what is it a the generator? Or what was, was, was it? it yeah. The transformer.
1: A transformer. Yeah, a
2: transformer in a parking garage exploded. Well, we were all you all included we were walking down the sidewalk to go to dinner yes. when it boomed. And I, I will never forget that we looked like a bunch of <laughs> Ethel's and Lucy's. <laughs> we, nobody knew where to go or what to do. And then we get to the restaurant and the restaurant begins filling with smoke and the police are coming down the street saying, don't come out in the streets. It's toxic. Um, that was, and then of course we were there for three days with no electricity and no hot water. So that was that was Can I can
1: I just jump in (laughs) real quick and say that thank God for Karen Dowd and her travel preparedness because we would we would not have been able to leave that restaurant because with the power outage, nobody could use their credit card to pay for (laughs) this ride. And Karen was the only person at the table who had enough cash to pay for all of our din- all of our meals. We were going to have to so wash we- a
0: lot of dishes. Yeah,
1: yeah, we we yeah. I didn't want to go to jail for you know eating and running. So we all do what we yeah. have to do, don't we? We all do what we have to do. All right, well, Karen, do,
2: So yeah, that was a, gonna, that was a beauty. we're
1: going to hit you with what we call rapid fire. All right, so we're going to go through these really quickly, okay. and you just tell us the. Uh, no, make no, me no. Nervous. It, it shouldn't So, all right, I'll go first Buddy, you've got the next one You're I'm ready? ready All right, so Karen Tell us what the J stands for in your name And why it's important to you
2: um, The J stands for Jean And I hate it My mother gave my sisters The good middle names But my mother named all five of us With K's Kathleen, Karen, Kevin, Keith, and Kimberly So your middle initial determined What belonged to you and so I've always used it, even with my new last name now, that J comes there you with go. me.
0: All right, Karen, this is another rapid fire. You're stranded on a desert island with three other people. Who
2: are they? Oh, my God. See, I, I told you this This is hard. Um, well, definitely Kelly. And then I probably would like um, a naturalist or somebody that could, you know, handle the environment and keep us safe and, Um, man, I don't know. I I, I don't, I've I've got too many brothers and sisters and too many dear, dear friends to name names. That was a hard question.
1: Let's just, well, how how about somebody that, that brings beverages (laughs) like a,
2: oh, there you go. A a, a banana
1: boy or whatever. That, that could be nice. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right.
2: That could be very Uh,
1: nice. Let's see. So who is your favorite musician or band?
2: Rolling Stones. No question about that. Oh, boy. I I love the Bicentennial series by John Jakes. That was eight books about the Revolutionary Uh, War. And if you haven't read them, treat yourself. It's wonderful. Um, I also like reading um, American history like with our historians presidential historians mm, yeah. like doris kearns goodwin and john Meacham love them but one of my all-time favorite books and if you haven't read it i encourage you to do so it's called the traveler's gift by andy andrews it's wonderful it anybody listening take the time to read the book it's Thank wonderful you. it's a great tip so all right yeah andy i've i've had I've given this assignment to my graduate students for years. Karen,
1: tell us, tell our listeners, all nine of them, something that we don't know about Karen J. Thomas O'Dowd.
2: Oh, boy, Uh, I I think it would surprise people to know I'm really a homebody. I love just being home. Uh, I like traveling. I like playing golf. I love watching golf on TV, which I'm doing right now. Uh, it's PGA champ. It's PGA Championship right now, um, but I like being home. Um, our backyard looks out onto a wooded area, and we have uh, a mama deer and her fawn Aww, have been coming sweet. the last few days, and we have lots of deer back there. So I, I, I buddy, like being we've had a that.
0: good time in that backyard. Yes, and I think that I think what you said was real important. <laughs> was you know during this time when a lot of people are having to stay home when you have a home that you that's just as beautiful as your home is I mean it's just it's an amazing thing and then if you it's okay for you to be a homebody it actually this very very tough event that's happening with a lot of people it's still manageable you know when when you have these places so it's Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty awesome now charity you normally do this next one so I'm gonna let you go
1: all right buddy so Karen um we all we, we don't always but we often play at the end of our show Um, Two Truths and a Lie, and we do this in honor of our mutual dear friend, Cam Kirst. Um, Oh, yes. Uh I know that you were actually part of the group that played this game with Cam in, I believe we were in Orlando. I was. was Donna Hester's year as president of Southern District, I believe. And um, ever since then, we have played that game and had a lot of laughs. So um, would you please honor us with two truths and a lie. And Ginger, our executive producer, is the guesser. So uh, I know, Sandra, okay. and I know you pretty well. So Ginger's <clears throat> going to jump in right I'm here. I'm
2: ready. <laughs> All right, Ginger. Um, I've seen the Rolling Stones in concert three times. In college, I played the male lead in two stage productions. And I was offered a graduate assistantship at the Ohio State University. Two of them are true. One oh, of them wow. is not.
0: <clears throat> you did not this make this tough. easy. Yeah, <laughs> this
1: is tough.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, since you said that the Rolling Stones are your favorite band, I'm gonna say that one was true, that you've seen them three times in, um, in concert. Um, your third statement about uh, being offered graduate assistant at The Ohio State University. Uh-huh sounds to me like that would also be true so i'm gonna say
2: i like this she's analytical i'm gonna say your
0: lie is that you played the male part of a stage production
2: oh excuse me that's true
0: oh uh -uh. that
2: is true it it is also true that i was offered a graduate assistantship at the ohio state university the lies I've oh never seen. The oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> oh my God! He fooled. Oh man! I, I would have gotten that. Yeah. Cam, Cam. would be proud of me. <laughs> he would. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cam. Uh, Cam is a uh, an expert at this game, as we have come to learn. Well, Karen, James, yeah. Thomas, O'Dowd. Um, this has been a delightful time, and. We thank you so much for being with us on.
0: Scaling oh, my God. I talk no, too much. No, no,
1: that's, Absolutely.
2: That's, not. that's I talk what this is
0: about. But here's what I need you to know. We learn so much. But what a yeah. gift you gave us today was to give us a chance to let other oh, people you're hear sweet. you. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Because we know a lot about you. But even we we always tend to learn something new about uh, our guest. And I always walk away with something and I go, gosh, that was pretty awesome. But I just need you to know, I, I do think the world of you, I love you to death. And I think that you're, you're, oh, you're, you such, so you're such love an you advocate are. for our profession and it, it is who you are. It's what, it's how you breathe and you do make every day a great day.
1: And Karen, I want to thank you uh, for thank continuing you. to be my friend after I had to drive you around in my, uh beater car from college when i had to when i had to pick you up at the airport so um i remember that day yeah, well I, it, I remember that nothing day quite well. like driving yeah. from the birmingham airport to camp asco with basically a famous person in your front seat and you're in your your your, oh, your beater it. college car but uh that that was the uh start of, the it start was, of a it great was relationship.
2: wonderful it was it well, was thank so, well thank you again well thank you so much
1: i love you and Please just know... Love you, all, you and all thank you so
2: much.